climbers, if you want to find out one of the ways that I got 400 people to show up at a live show for an artist in a market that he'd never played before, wasn't on the radio, never even been to the town, listen on. It's all about audiences. Welcome to the club. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you succeed in the music industry. Get leverage in the music industry because that's what you're going to need to get ahead. You're going to need to be doing something for them before they do something for you. That's what leverage is. You're going to have something on something that they want. And it's not going to be your potential talent. It's going to be some way that you're going to just fold right into everything and immediately add value. That means you're going to have traffic. That means you're going to have publishing, songs, recorded demos, stuff to prove your value, to prove that not only do you have good art, but it's worth something in the marketplace and people are aware of it. That's why we called it the CLIMB, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. That's a backstroom for my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Got a couple number ones in Southern Gospel last year and still pushing on and making miracles happen. And he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro. And then on the regular, he's going to complete the last piece of the puzzle, the last link in that chain, which is taking all of that wealth of knowledge and then executing it with relationships, which is what you need. He's going to introduce you to the pros. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it sounds complicated, but thankfully, Johnny is quite smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs. Just to name a few, you can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. Hello, brother. What's up? Happy birthday, my brother. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you. I'm uh, trying to keep Hey, shawty, it's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. Going to sip a cotty like <laughs> it's your birthday. And you know, we don't give a rip. It's not your birthday, but it is your birthday. But it is my birthday. And so what I'm doing <laughs> on my birthday is taking care of sick family members. Got a bug to in my house, and so I am. <laughs> I'm taking care of in-laws and kids and wife, and that's how it's been. My birthday, yeehaw! <laughs> right on. Well, in today's show, I actually had done this show prep for one of my artists, where we're just kind of talking about practical application of the stuff that Daredevil does. And it wasn't one of my artists; it was an intern. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And the intern was like, "Well, if I had an artist and I brought that artist to you, what would you do to break my artist?" Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, what's the strategy? What's the initial sort of strategy? Yeah. And and so we went down the conversation. I thought, well, that might make a good episode just to kind of put it in, like what goes through our head. What's the math that I'm doing to to put something together? Because ultimately, I usually end up having to sell that to the artist because it's like not radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's not what they're used to. You're not going to put me on MTV? No, it, they don't even do music anymore. Oh. Yeah. Right. But there's something like mtv.com like no no get step away by the way that always that always freaks me that the f out and i was like well cmt.com i'm like what no no yeah. cmt.com they're only going there to find you if they know who you are 
Exactly. CMT.com is a distribution service. CMT, when millions of people were watching it, was that was a big launch pad. Mm-hmm. Now, CMT.com is not. <laughs> so that's what we're going to dig into. And when I went down that, I actually got to the part about choosing audiences. And I thought, you know what? This will be a good episode too. Just I think there's enough there just to talk about audiences. And if, mm-hmm. and so hot take, I think this will be one of my shorter episodes, but every time I say that, it's one of my longer ones. Right, yeah. But I need it to be shorter because I still got like laundry to do and crap to pack because I'm leaving tonight for Denmark, baby. Come on. Mm-hmm. For the Nashville Nights International Songwriters Festival. And we're going to be the correspondent to American Songwriter Magazine over there and get tons and tons of content, which is super cool. So that leads us into taking care of the business part of this. We're super stoked to be a part of American Songwriter Magazine's podcast network. This is a 36-year-old brand name, guys. If you are an indie artist or a songwriter or both, this magazine, you love it. You get hard copies now still and digital stuff, but there's 14 other shows at least on that podcast mm-hmm. network. So if you've been a long time climber, go check out those other shows. And if you discovered us on the American Songwriter podcast network and welcome to the climb, we'd love That's to have right. you here. Join the climb community. That's facebook.com forward slash the climb community. This is a thriving community. There's lots of activity going on. It's all indie artists, singers, songwriters. There's, songwriting connections being made co-writes being made there's promotion ideas being passed hey i tried this i tried that this worked this worked boom 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 we give you a chance to talk about your gigs we put it in a certain place so make sure you put your stuff in its place we give you a chance to talk about your wins like hey what what's happening right now every wednesday mm-hmm. we have the new heights you know and that's where that's right. people can talk about their wins and this is not the kind of Facebook group that is nothing but tumbleweeds and all that kind of stuff. So you got to ask to be let in, but we let everybody in. And so what, by the way, and we do it like in groups. So I think we'd probably do it like twice a week where we just sort of, you know, bring everybody in. So, you know, don't be discouraged if you ask to be let in. It takes a couple of days before we get back to you. We're not big time in you. I promise. Yeah, it's just uh-huh. when we get around to, But it's a regular thing. You'll get in for sure. Now, we got some wins that we can talk about, Brent? That's right. That's right. So, uh, yeah. So every Wednesday, we have the New Heights segment where we invite you and encourage you to come share your music-related wins so we can celebrate with you. So this is kind of where the party is each week. Uh, Michael McFarland says, Finished building my dream guitar Monday, and I've already used it on demos of several awesome co-writes, and he put a picture of the guitar, and it's a beaut. So nice, nice, Michael. Way to go. Uh, let's Congrats. see here. We have uh, Brad Mays. So you heard his name quite a bit on the show. He says he got a number one ranking from Reverb Nation for Tokyo, Japan. Kind of like being a top dog at a cat show, but I'll take it. <laughs> so, <Is> that, <laughs> uh, and that's uh, but I, I, hey, that's not Kalamazoo though. You know, that's not, not number one for for. I mean, Tokyo, they got jazz quite a few people there. That's a big, yeah, it's a big old city. So, and, a, and of course, uh, what song is it? Drip. So there we go. Hello. <laughs> so the the good stuff for Drip just keeps on coming. So that's one we did a song title challenge on way back when, and it's it's got honorable mentions at American Songwriter Lyric Contest, and apparently it's big in Japan. So rock on, Brad. Uh, let's see here. We got um, let's see. Michael Roth has a new single out called For a Song. Congrats and good luck with that, Michael. Let's see. Patrick Adams heading up to the Yellowstone Songwriting Festival this weekend in Cody, Wyoming. Hope to learn and make some friends, some new connections, and celebrate with some old friends. 
Ride On Climbers. So congrats, Patrick. And to finish up, Bill O'Hanlon finished 269 songs for the year so far, getting to hang out with Tom Douglas this Friday, playing around at the Commodore at 7, which has already passed by the time you hear this. Sorry. Congrats to Patrick and Michael and Bill and Brad and Michael. <laughs> so good job, guys. Keep on climbing. I love it, man. I love, what's Bill's goal again for the year? I forgot. I think it's uh, 3,582 songs for the year. No, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, More. More. Yeah. He's just he's just scratching that itch and popping it so, out. Man, it. He must need some lotion or something by this point. But That's right. That's right. On. All right. So, hey, either follow or subscribe to the podcast where, depending on whatever platform you're on, if you don't have a platform that you're on for as, as a podcast player, then uh, you can always find us at americansongwriter.com forward slash podcast. That's, That's right. Easy there. Finally, tell a friend about it. This is, uh, listen, there's a lot of information that we give every week on this show to try to you know help you win this podcast exists because we want you to win. And if you're listening, if everybody's starved for time. If you're listening, we do not take that lightly. We understand that's a big deal, but you're not doing it to help us out, man. You're doing it to, to help yourself out, and which mm-hmm. is what it's designed to do, but tell somebody about it because maybe we can help them too, right? That's right, and they'll appreciate you for it. Exactly. So let's talk about audiences. Like I want to get a little deeper into, and this is in the context of the Facebook ads platform. I'm not talking about boosting. Yeah. Very different thing. It's very different, but on the surface, Mm -hmm. it looks very similar. Yeah. Right. Your audience targeting is not as surgical on the boosting Mm -hmm. as it would be on the ads platform. I like boosting for one reason and one reason only. It's the gateway drug to the ads platform. <laughs> right, yeah. Right? I, but, I you, hope so. but oftentimes it's a turnoff, to be honest. I boosted and I kind of wasted my money. Well, yeah. Well, if you don't know what you're doing, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and most people don't, right? right? Most people don't. And part of the reason is even for some people that kind of starting to get their head around it a little bit, yeah. they're getting a little savvy about mm-hmm. it, which excites me, you know, because I want people to win. The boost is they start to get frustrated because they've kind of like mentally sort of outgrown that and they wanted mm-hmm. to do more things, but it doesn't. And then the ads platform just looks so nefarious. It's like, oh. Oh, yeah. It's it's intimidating. This is intimidating. Yeah. Yes. And it's, listen, it's sophisticated. It's not rocket science. It's sophisticated. But it's not any more difficult than music theory. <laughs> but music theory is fun, Johnny. Maybe. I don't know. What I want to talk about is the the power of of audiences, right? And how we choose audiences for our clients because that's the difference between winning and not winning. I mean, there's a lot more to it. This is one component of it. And Brent, you have a lot of input on this too, because we've gone down this road with Mm -hmm. songwriting pro. We get into other ways to thinking about audiences. Yeah. So there's nuance to it. If you're not on the Facebook ads platform, you should be. Mm-hmm. And let's go up even higher than that. Let's go up to, instead of 30,000 feet, let's go up to 50,000 feet. If you don't have a promo budget mm-hmm. and you're trying to be an artist, you need a promo budget. Yeah. Let's just start there. Good art does not find its own audience. 
It just doesn't. If that was the case, record labels would never need a promo department. Right. They'd put everything into uh, into making the record. and then Just put it out there in the ether, and then it's going to go find its own audience, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, no, that, that's not what happens. The artists say that because in their world, that's what happens. You know, I've just... <laughs> right. I'm Oki from Muskoki, and then I put out this song. I got a record deal. I put out this song, and then everybody loved me. So, you know what? When you do it right, the, the people will find you. No, that label worked hard for them to find you. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's now let's go back down to 30,000 feet. Let's, I'm assuming that you know this, okay, that you have a promo budget and that you're not spending all of your precious resources trying to grow this business of yours, and it is a business. Mm-hmm with hope as your marketing plan. Right. That doesn't work. And I hope that you're not spending all the money just making the product. I I don't care what the product is. Listen, in the music industry, you got it harder because I'll rephrase that. It's easier with a really good product Mm -hmm. to do this, right? You still need these audiences. You still have to get that product in front of you. If you have the world's greatest product that will change the world forever and everybody everybody would want it in this target audience or whatever that would, it would just be like a no brainer. Right. Mm -hmm. God bless, but you're not going to sell any of them unless they know about it. Right. Right. With a really good product and a really good ad for that product, man, 10 seconds in, you understand what it is, what it does, what it means to you. And now you're just waiting for them to tell you the price. Right. So you can figure out if, if the juice is worth the squeeze or not, if Mm -hmm. you're going to do it, you know, so with a really good product, you can have instantaneous profitability with an ad campaign and a targeted audience because it has a deep-rooted fundamental value in society. People understand it, and they can make a decision. It's not the case with art. Like They're not going to start paying that money and sort of getting on board until enough people are there, until there's enough of a party, and then it sort of takes on like a critical mass Again, I mean, microcosm is a critical mass. Like mm-hmm. if you've heard critical mass in terms of radio promotion, we're talking about, you know, when Nirvana went from selling 300,000 records in the same album cycle to selling 10 million, that's yeah. when it blew up and hit critical mass. There's microcosms of that that happen along the line in, in digital. And audiences are a big, big piece of it. So when we're choosing the right audiences – we can make miracles happen. Like we with um, Jacob Cade, mm-hmm. he does an opening slot down in. Was it Scottsdale? Scottsdale, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Open it up for Dokken. And he's the opener, not the support act. So he goes on at eight, support act goes on at 10, then, then the headliner, right? Or support act goes on. He goes on at eight, support act goes on at like whatever, 915 then. Yeah. And then the headliner. Right, now we were doing radio with him, rock radio, but. Mm-hmm. We didn't get into, we didn't break into the Phoenix radio market. Mm-hmm. So he had zero spins there. So he's a ghost on radio in Scottsdale. Ghost on the radio, ghost in the market, never been in the market. Right. 400 people show up. We spent $200 promoting that and 400 people showed up and did that. How do we do that? How do we make that happen? And this is unusual. Let's just put a pin on this though. This is unusual because how many people are going to bother to show up early for the opener, for the opener, for the act. Right. right. That's the thing is that normally it's like, well, it was docking. Yeah. But people aren't going to show up two hours early to see Doc. No. Right. They're going to, they want to see docking and they may, and some people want to see the opener, 
the support act, he's even earlier. So to push people there that earlier, that's it got some people's attention. This is not normal. Thank you. And that is a direct result of the marketing, which was, you know, two components put together, right? We spent $200 in the marketing, 400 people showed up, they made $200 in merch sales, offset the ad by, I mean, total win, right? Yeah. But it's so much deeper than that because we had this opportunity that we went and we took, we decided to, to exercise, hey, we got this opportunity, let's go take it, let's walk through that door. That's what we did. We did something different than any other artists would do. And the reality was that we ended up out promoting the promoter mm-hmm. because not only were they docking fans, and that's certainly, I mean, you bring up a good point. That was the angle that we took different mm-hmm. than what maybe you're going to think as an artist in terms of how to target that marketing. So it had to do with the creative that we had, which was a, a minute of video footage of my artist in front of a sold out crowd. Being a rock star. Being a rock star. Look yeah. at how freaking much fun this is going to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tickets were 60 bucks. So I know, you know, it's an opening slot. You never heard of this artist. He's a ghost. We're not going to get you to come out there. I would have had a different plan for language copy. And I'm talking about like copywriting on the ad language mm-hmm. I would use where one of the sold out shows we had was he, he opened up for um, the, the footage we had was from, open up for steel Panther, 3,600 people at the Fillmore in Denver, which is where the artist is from. Okay. Mm. But the other one was sold out, open up for a band called red and it was in Spokane, which was like our number one radio market. So opposite of Phoenix, right? Yeah. That's where we got the most spins. We were still a support direct support on that act, but we had, now this is me pulling a number out of my butt. I don't really know this for sure, but I'm betting we probably had 15% of the butts and seats were tickets sold because of the single we had on that radio and it was in rotation mm-hmm. enough of a rotation that that was our number one market and so, the, thing, the whole thing about radio is like that that's a point to point out you don't know right radio i don't know how many people showed up because it was on the radio i don't know who they are i don't exactly. know really if they bought tickets to see jacob we're assuming because we don't know with radio Exactly. We don't, exactly. We don't know. I might even test an ad up in that market to say, Hey, you know, Mm -hmm. this song, this guy's going to be here. Come and check it out. Right. That might be different, but down in Scottsdale, the tickets are 60 bucks, man. That's a big ticket. You're not going to spend that to go see somebody for the first time that you've never even heard their song. Right. Right. Not going to happen. So we didn't use the call to action in the ad to say, buy your tickets here. Mm-hmm. And most artists, like when it comes to targeting audiences and when it comes to ad copy, it's just so basic. That's why it fails, right? They're just like, oh, well, we need to sell tickets. So we should tell them that. Mm-hmm. And then it's rock. So let's just target rock and press publish on yeah. the ad. Yeah, but no, no, no. We need to go deeper than that. So uh, with him, I've got Dawkins. Fans of the band Dawkins, because that's who the headliner is. Yeah. Now, Don Dawkins, the lead singer of Dawkins, is also a solo artist. And mm-hmm. so he happens to have another targetable audience within the Facebook ads platform. Probably not going to find this on the Boost ads platform. Yeah. Okay. And there are two different platforms. One's more sophisticated. It's got a lot more. It's like the difference between a, a go-kart with a, whatever, like a 50cc engine and 
a Hemi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like an eight-cylinder Hemi. Like, it's just this badass. Yeah. So we targeted that. And then I targeted, okay, so I'm just thinking about the crowd. I'm thinking about the party. Like, who's going to mm. show up? Who's other, like, what other artists' audiences would also like docking so i you know i picked seven hair bands and metallica guns and roses and i just sort of went down the hair band list of some big artists 50 mile radius of the club mm -hmm. and we pushed the ad out okay and the ad copy wasn't buy tickets it's we just assumed you're a docking fan you're going to see the show yeah so come early that's that was the call to action don't miss this yeah we want to we want to meet you that was just the echo. So that was the difference. And that's what made that happen. Right. Mm -hmm. So listen, it's great news. 400 people showed up. That was awesome. That's the headline. But the uh, management from the headliner called us the next day and offered them the rest of the tour because we actually did sell tickets. Mm -hmm. I didn't sell tickets for my artist, though. <laughs> I sold tickets for the headliner. Yeah. And so there's a situation where we used an ad and an audience group not rock, but mm -hmm. very specific audiences. One of the other ways we got specific was, so I'm a huge Dawkins fan, but for one reason and one reason only, George Lynch, like the guitar, the original guitar player, mm -hmm. who was not in the band at this point in time, right? He's yeah. gone. Him and Don Dawkins don't get along, but that's how that band started. And there's a huge association with George Lynch and with, Dokken, mm -hmm. and also George Lynch is from Phoenix. Oh, okay. Right, so he's another target that I used as an audience, fans mm -hmm. of George Lynch, even though he's not on the bill. Now, you might be thinking as an artist when you're sort of a novice going through this, like, well, we can't use that because he's not going to be at the show. We're not telling people George Lynch is going to be at the show. Right, yeah. Right? It's, this is just a target audience, mm -hmm. and this is where it kind of gets the nuance comes in. So we're just saying, hey, man, like if you're fans of George Lynch, you probably like Dawkins. Right. Right. Yeah. And they're in town on this date at this time at this place. So the reason the headliner called us was because we did sell tickets and we sold tickets to one of two categories of people. We sold tickets to people who maybe were touched by the promoter because they're going to do stuff the same way. They put an ad in the local rag. They put an ad on the website of the club. They put an ad in the Facebook page of the club. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to see any of those three things unless you specifically go to look. Right. That's not going to interrupt your attention. The big attention interrupter ads come on the radio a week mm -hmm. before the show. But if you're not listening to the radio, you don't hear those ads. So some people do. So one of the categories was these are people that heard maybe an ad or two and either it went in one ear, not the other because they weren't paying attention and it kind of subconsciously stuck in there mm -hmm. or they were thinking about it and they weren't sure. And then I put the cherry on top because I put this ad in their feed mm -hmm. where the promoter isn't with all this cool like, oh, crap, look at this guy. Okay, now let's just go. Let's go spend that money. We'll see Doc and we'll yeah. see whoever that support act was. I don't remember who they were. And then we'll get there early and see this kid because this looks good, right? It's mm -hmm. going to be a good night. And clearly the kid delivers, right? Because he sold two, 200 bucks worth of merch. Okay? Yeah. And that's not counting you know, the longer term effects of like how many people are going to go download his music, follow him, other stuff Thank down you. the road too. But hopefully you made you know, new fans, which sounds like you did. Long -term. Absolutely. And then just that Absolutely. night you broke even on the marketing. Exactly. The other group of people that we sold tickets to, and this is probably the largest group, was Dawkins in town. Yeah. I love Dawkins. Yeah. Oh, my God. How do I not know about this? Mm -hmm. 
right? Or or maybe it's not even they don't even have that thought. They're just like Dawkins in town, four tickets, Dungey, we'll go early. Like <laughs> right. love them. It's just that simple. So yeah. we so we did sell tickets, a lot of tickets. And when the headliner sees that four hundred people show up to see the opener before the support act. They reached out and offered them the rest of the tour. So this now we didn't take it because they were this was fly dates mm-hmm. and not bus dates. So it's like you're know, skip hop skipping all around the country. And for what they're going to pay us to do that, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze financially. Yeah. But that's an at bat. That's a way to extend a tour. That's mm-hmm. a way to get in front of more eyeballs. They're going to love this kid. And it had to do with the ad that we ran and the audience that we used. So that's why I want to get into audiences here. I mean. How you determine the target audience for your ad is, I think, where, where do you think most people go, Brent, initially? To, like, we need to find an audience. So where's, where, what's the first line of defense? I mean, they talk to people that are already their audience. <laughs> you know, that's the first thing. They just speak to people that are already following them or something, right? Yeah. There's not growth. That's just people that are already there. Well, but, so, Or so, they might think radio, TV. That kind of stuff, right? Well, no, I'm talking about like like targeting. You're Matt Bailey, mm-hmm. my artist. Like he's country, right? Yeah. So people would be like country music. Yeah, it'd be country. Like just go broad genre. Yeah, they go broad genre, which is a broadcast platform methodology. Yeah. Right. What's the radio station? Is it country, or is it rock, mm-hmm. or is it pop, right, or is it rap, right? Does that radio station? Are they, are they Keith Urban or Jay Z? You know what I mean. <laughs> That's specific, right? Right. Yeah. So, with digital, the, the, you can have, a, a, and I recommend you test all this stuff. But you need to get sort of more niched down into the audiences, and you can have incredible results from your promo budget. Again, mm. this is. If you haven't gotten to the point where you have a promo budget, turn the freaking podcast off now. Like you need to get. Going, get that budget. Right? Get the budget. You need to have a promo budget. See, and where you spend. Go ahead. And, oh, it's so just thinking. The, the point of this is, yeah, you can. It's about being efficient, so that the money yeah. you spend, you get the most bang for your buck. This is not just for for no reason. This is like, yeah, you need a budget, and these are ways to make your budget get the most results efficiently, not wasting your money. That's what exactly. this is about. This is why you want to target because you're going to be a lot more efficient. Your ad dollars are going to go a lot further and you're going to reach people that are actually excited to, to discover you as an artist. Yes. A lot more efficiently. And country music should, should be maybe one of the targets, but that's like your top one, right? Yeah. Then there has to be other targets because there's subgenres of country I mean, music. There are people right? that love certain types of country music and mm-hmm. hate others. There are going to be people that love Luke Bryan and they had no use for Chris Stapleton. Yeah. They're going to be, and there's going to be people that love Luke Bryan. There's going to be people that hate Luke Bryan. And there's going to be the opposite. People that love Chris Stapleton and going to hate Luke Bryan. The irony being that Luke Bryan has cut Chris Stapleton songs. But anyway, th- there's going to be yeah. that people, there's going to be people that love Marion Morris and can't stand Morgan Wallen and vice versa. Floor. You know, they're and all, all those are under country, country music umbrella. Right. Right. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, 
Yeah. Even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Climbers, do you have a groundbreaking song that the world needs to hear? Enter your song today in American Songwriters 2021 Song Contest to win $10,000 promotion across American Songwriter and a co-publishing deal with Live by Live. Get your songs in front of the contest judges who are also number one artists like Paul Stanley from Kiss. I love that. Vance Joy and Martina McBride, along with top A&R executives such as the senior VP of A&R at Atlantic Records and BBR Music Group. Go to americansongwriter.com forward slash song dash contest to enter. Again, that's americansongwriter.com slash song dash contest to enter. And if you use the coupon code CLIMB, all capital letters, C-L-I-M-B, you'll save 10% on your contest entry. No reason not to do it now, guys. So when you're targeting on your audiences, you don't want to target too broad. Mm-hmm. But for that very reason that you're talking about. When you think about Universal promoting Luke Bryan since you brought him up, the people that don't love Luke Bryan, and he's a huge superstar, the people that don't love him like are just as equally passionate about the people that do. They, they're they not like in the middle on Luke Bryan or dispassionate, apathetic. Yeah, apathetic, yeah. yeah. They are passionately, they think he's the devil. Right. They think he ruined country music because he was kind of the, where the crack started to show and the way that some people like country and it became this bro country thing. And he sort yeah. of ushered that in. And pe- the people who don't like that don't like that. And he's the poster child for it. Right. So when just if we talk about promotion and broadcast promotion with radio, when Universal writes a $500,000 check to promote a Luke Bryan radio single, which is what they're going to write mm-hmm. to get that to number one, they're paying a lot of money to get their artists in front of people that they know don't like them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're Luke Bryan, the the juice is worth the squeeze on that because right. he's got so much revenue coming in and they're reaching so many people who do like him that that doesn't matter. The irony here is, is that they use that exact same strategy at Universal and at Warner and at Sony and at just about every freaking record label on the planet for their new artists. <laughs> yeah. Now that becomes freaking expensive because yes. the payoff isn't there. They don't know the brand yet. So they should be 
developing the new artists on digital where you can be surgical before you put them on radio mm-hmm. where it doesn't matter anymore because the cost of digital is so much more efficient. It's easier to get that robust, crazy following that are just will lie down in traffic for an artist. And it can be based on not just the artist's brand, but on a specific song, the, the content oh, yeah. of a song, the lyrical content of a song. So different ways you can target audiences. We've done with the live show, we just talked about Jacob Kate. okay? Mm-hmm. Another way is certainly with genre stuff. I mean, we talk about on this podcast, if you could go out on tour you have to take off your artist hat and put on your label hat. If you mm. could go out on tour and you got a label hat and you just signed you as an artist, I don't want to know like what artists you love that would be like a dream come true for you to open up for them as an artist because you've always dreamed that as a little kid. And now, it, but no, 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 you can't go from there. That could be that could be part of the answer. That could also be the yeah. cherry on top. Right. However, what we want to target is who's the audience. Like, would that audience? of the headliner love you right like are they predisposed to liking what you would do if you got in front of them mm-hmm. you know are they um, who's most likely to who has the fan base that is also most likely to open their wallet for you and your music yeah like are you kind of in the same lane and the same subgenre? is that party there to see the headliner the same kind of party that could become your consumer too that could become your fan and that's where you want to be and the cool thing about digital is they raise their hands and they say if you're a rapper that's kind of in the lane of a jay-z then guess what you got millions of fans that have raised their hands and said i freaking love jay-z so it's a very strong possibility i could love you too once i'm exposed to you enough Mm -hmm. enough time Right. If you're an artist, it's kind of like Chris Stapleton in country and you there's people that raise their hand. I love Chris Stapleton and you can target them mm-hmm. from the ads platform as an audience and, and interrupt their attention with a paid ad mm-hmm. from the platform and saying, hey, if you like Chris Stapleton, you'll love this. Mm-hmm. You know, by the way. Not a bad opening line for the ad copy, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great opening ad line for that target. Yeah. I mean, if you love this, if you love this artist, then you'll love this right yeah. here. You know, you can make up a magazine name. Woo Pig Records says, yeah. well, this is our hottest up and coming record. You know, like, I mean, it, you can say whatever you want. It's not, you're not, it, you're not being disingenuous. When you're comparing yourself to like a, a certain subgenre or something yeah. like that, and you just give people a reference, oh, I do like that. I'm going to click on that, watch it. Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes it can be the targeting that you're going to choose. Can you know this is what we're going to sort of go after for this genre, and the more specific the artists can be, the more niche that you're getting. So I talked about before with the targeting that we and I did this by accident, but in retrospect, looking back and analyzing it. It was very, very surgically targeted. But when I was working with Chris Craig Gertis, excuse me, on Haggard a song fan. called Haggard Fan, mm-hmm. yeah, that was, I'm going to target Merle Haggard audiences. So that's, I mean, think about the umbrella breakdown, the chunk down, right? Mm-hmm. That's country music, traditional country music, mm-hmm. right? Then country music, traditional country music, outlaw country music, country music, traditional country music, outlaw country music, and Bakersfield outlaw mm-hmm. country music which is i mean now in that just in that realm we've got merle haggard we've got buck owens, buck owens we've, dwight yoakum dwight yoakum yeah mm-hmm. i mean it's very very and those are hip 
cool brands, right? And then we have Merle Haggard specifically because that song's called Haggard Fan. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There they are. They're going to like that song because of the title. Now that, would I have that marketing if the song was called something else and it was kind of the same genre? That would be part of it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. But the audience selection would be part of it. But this was so specific because of the name of the song that I'm just going to test right here with just the Haggard fans. Yeah. Right? One way to look at it too, even if it weren't called Haggard fan, but if you look at your music and go, okay, if I didn't record this, who else might? Like, is there another artist out there who could record this song? And like, honestly, like it would also make sense with their brand. Okay. Right. You know, there are songs that like, oh, Florida Georgia Line could cut or Thomas Rhett could cut, you know, or, you know, there more than one artist can often cut a type of song. And be honest with yourself about that going, you know what? Yeah, I do this kind of song, but you know what? George Strait could do this kind of song too. Great. You can do the same niching down on George Strait fans. Not because you talk about George Strait in the song, you reference him or whatever, but just because if you like George Strait, decent chance you'll like this. You can do the same there kind of thing. There you go. There you go. So, um, so you see what we're talking about? Like the same way we song title challenge the concept, how to write a lyric on a title, mm -hmm. and the same way we video content challenge all these different kinds of video content we can come up with based on this song. You want to do the same creative exercise for the audiences because mm -hmm. there's other things that can help you really do amazing things, right? Mm -hmm. With Lala Deaton, we had – so this is an artist who – it's a pop song. It's this beautiful pop song. It's very much come together, and, and she is – She's not a political artist, but this was the song title was a political trigger word for mm -hmm. a specific uh, group. political group of people. Yeah. Okay. And we targeted that group, mm -hmm. right? Like, even though it's not a political song, I mean, it was, it's not a political song in the way you think about like Bob Dylan having a political song like or people that YouTube. maybe didn't, it's more kumbaya, people that don't know yeah. that just the uninitiated, the civilian, whatever, just hear it and go, that's a come together kind of song. It's a kumbaya kind of thing. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. okay. But the title was for the people who are hardcore in that political, that title was like, bing, 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 yeah. bing, bing. Okay. Rang all the bells. It's like a password. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a path. Exactly. So in that instance, I'm looking at the song title and that's also going to affect my targeting. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's a pop song. So I'm going to start with pop music, but maybe I'm not, right? Because I, because now I got some other reach that could happen here based on, hey, if I'm a, somebody from this political group and that is the password and I understand the password because it's a well-done song, mm -hmm. maybe yeah. I'm not going to give a crap about the genre so much. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? And I'm going to be exposed to it. So there's a different angle, right? So that's like... Again, very, very specific to the song. Mm -hmm. But now I'm choosing my audiences differently. Yeah. Right? I think of uh, a buddy of mine, Jay Spate. He, uh, he wrote this song called Ala Freaking Bama. And, there you go. You know, it's about this girl, and he's like, where are you from? She's from Ala Freaking Bama. Whatever. I think Trace Atkins ended up cutting it at one point. So congrats on that, Jay. So that song springs to mind. Okay, if you're an artist yeah. on that, it's Ala Freaking Bama. Who are you going to target? 
Yeah. Crimson Tide fans. Yep. Doesn't have to do with genre. And now that happened to be a country song. And so there's a lot of overlap there. But. And the whole state of Alabama. The whole state of Alabama. I don't care what genre you like. If you're in Alabama, you might want to hear this song because you'd be prideful of it. Oh, yeah. And maybe that's not your normal cup of tea. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's not your norm. The genre wise, it's not right. your normal cup of tea, but I'm going to like this because this is about me it's and not me. for nothing. If you're targeting the state of Alabama in a situation like that, this is a brilliant example, right? I'm thinking I, I definitely want to run a test just on the state of Alabama and, and target that because what if you get some politicians in there? Yeah. What do you get some people who are, you know what? This song mm-hmm. is perfect to promote the state. Yeah. And you get a sync fee on the state because it's just so specific. There's a possible opportunity there. Mm-hmm. And if they see it in their feed and they like this and they're going to reach out and be like, hey, you know, or you might get some gigs at a festival in Alabama or tailgate you know, parties and that kind of stuff before football games or whatever. Yeah. There's, yeah. Yeah, man. Be thinking about it like that. Right. So, yeah, that's a really good example. And, you know, like, oh, the merch. Yeah. Oh, the merch. Oh, yeah. But that's another thing. That just, you just target Al freaking Bama by itself with a T-shirt, and you probably make more than you would on the streams, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very much so, yeah. Because they're prideful about what? About being from Alabama. Well, it's like okay. Chris Stapleton released yeah, that song, Arkansas. Man, I've cranked that so many times. And I like Stapleton, but that's probably my favorite Stapleton song. Why? And he has well, a lot of great ones here. because it's it's all about me. I'm tuned into W-I-I-F-M. W I I F M. What's in it for me? That's what that's the station <laughs> I'm tuned into. And he's if that song been called Alabama, I wouldn't care about it nearly as much. Yep. Not that I hate Alabama. That's right. I just don't. It's not my state. I don't live there. I don't live there. Yeah. I'm not from there. But it's called Arkansas. So I'm like, that's my favorite Chris Stapleton song. That's right. That's right. So how can that, we tap in to W I I F M? Yeah. Who's yeah. Tuned yeah. Into that. There. Okay. That's really the best way to put it. So let, now let's talk about another ad campaign we did with like Curtis Brawley, where he, this is a cover song mm-hmm. that he did. Uh, so Curtis Brawley is an out of the closet, gay country music artist who grew up in Texas. Right. And the song was Mariah Carey's hero, mm-hmm. which this song quite literally saved this artist's life, saved Brawley's life. He was in high school. He was uh, one of the smaller kids in high school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So definitely going to be already going to be on the list of kids. It's going to get, get his ass kicked yeah. all the time just because he's small. Yeah. But then you add in that he's gay and, yeah, yeah. and everybody knew he was gay. And then, I mean, and it's Texas and oh my God, you know, like yeah, not- this kid's life is hell in high school. And, and the day he's going to end his life, this one teacher who, you saw the struggle that he was going through and this teacher had a, uh, it was an AV teacher had a, a, a break in this teacher's lounge on this specific period and would let Curtis go in and just be alone in the room where, so he could escape the hell that was outside that door, Man, you know, right. <clears throat> yeah. high school. So Curtis decided he's going to take his own life. And this period that he goes to every single day that on this particular day, this is when he's going to write down, figure out what he's going to say to his family because he's going to write a suicide note and he wants some music in the background. He puts in that song and thank God this has got to work here. That first song was hero and those lyrics just washed over him. Like you've got to be 
responsible for your own happiness. It's not about what other people think, you know, it's a, the hero inside is you like that's, mm-hmm. you have to take ownership of that. And that saved his life. So that's why he covered the song. Well, that's the story, right? So yeah. we decide, Hey, music video is already done. Let's also film the interview with you explaining why you cut the song. Mm-hmm. And so we've got him up on a soundstage with three spotlights on him. It's just him, his face, and he four minutes of him telling this story. And then we go into that song. Uh, so this is an eight-minute video, co- mm. piece of video content that we're promoting. And how are we going to target that audience-wise? Well, certainly Mariah Carey fans. Mm-hmm. Just on that, you think of something show up in your feed with the title Mariah Carey Save My Life. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know, I like Mariah. Yeah, she's awesome. What's going on here? More I likely to click on than if I were to see, because, I mean, I respect her, but I don't, I don't own any of her stuff. I'm not like a big Mariah Carey fan. Much respect. Right, right. But that's not going to trip my trigger. But the headline is she saved my life is now maybe I want to hear what the hell happened. No, right? that does make me more interested, even just the save my life part. Makes me yeah. more curious. Yeah. Yeah. And so now the next thing is uh, he's gay. He, he, you know, this is not a secret with him. So LGBTQ, like uh-huh. what are some of the organizations that are built around that? Yeah. You know, now I'm getting into audience targeting that has nothing to do with the genre of the music artist mm-hmm. whatsoever. Right. This has to do with, you know what? Like in the same way that, you're going to target Alafreakin' Bama towards people from Alabama because yeah. they're prideful about being mm-hmm. from Alabama. I'm going to target LGBTQ because this is a gay artist and they're prideful about being gay. And, yeah. and they're going to be like, hey, this is he's one of us, you know, yeah. Alabama. You're one of us. You know, uh, uh, I love New York. Oh, you're one of us. Like, mm-hmm. OK, so there's some camaraderie there. There's there's solidarity. There's I want to tap into that. Right. So we're definitely going to go down that road. Well, the song. Now, also, I know that when that particular song, it was attributed a lot to 9-11 and stuff, which is kind of pointing right now, mm-hmm. and uh, first responders and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So we tried a little test audience there. Let's try that. Mm-hmm. Okay. First responders, EMT, doctors, physicians, nurses, and all the subgenres I can target audience-wise in there. We're mm-hmm. going down that road. But Curtis's version of this song. So again, country artists. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have some genre targeting in there mm. for the kind of artists that you know he could open up for in the in the country genre. But for his specific interpretation, and that the reason he cut it was because it saved his life from it prevented him from committing suicide. Yeah. So now, even though this is not what the song lyric is about, and this is not what Mariah Carey's about. This is the reason he cut the song. Yeah. So all of a sudden that becomes a valid target. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. Especially since this piece of video content, not for nothing, starts with four minutes of him explaining how he almost took his own life and what saved him. And here's the song. And now watch the video. Yeah. Right? So we targeted, now I want to go after like suicide prevention stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to, you know, that kind of stuff too. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 
See, see, see where we're going with this, guys? It's like, okay, outside the box thinking, but it, this is very germane to this specific piece of content for this specific artist. And yeah, anti-bullying, suicide prevention. And what are all the, you know, you're Googling, what are the, what are all the different um, organizations that orbit around that that are trying to help people? Because this guy's story is a story of, uh, certainly, I guess, in a way, David versus Goliath, mm-hmm. right? The depression, the the fear, he overcomes that and comes into his own. It's just a human being, yeah. okay, um, and gets past that. And it's attributed to this, to music and lyrics, which is cool, and inner strength. So who are these organizations? That interview can be transformative to somebody else, mm-hmm. right? And then, I mean, we even go out on like, our biggest audience, like I should say, not our biggest audience, but the audience that responded the most to this, there, there are lots of broken people on the planet that are mm-hmm. very, very, very broken. And these people try to do different, they find themselves in sort of different areas, right? Where they try to not be broken, right? Okay. Or they try to not feel broken. Hollywood's one of those places. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Music industry is too. Entertainment's across the board. Yeah. There's a lot of that going on. But when my wife would, throw parties when we throw parties like for a crew or something like that that would come over i mean there are definitely an an abundance of people who seem to fill that void that they have from being broken with being like adjacent to fame yeah right that's very very important to them and it's dark there i mean like it's it's emotionally dark yeah (laughs) and i so i targeted I, I straight up targeted like production companies and all this kind of stuff. Cause I'm like, these people can relate to this song. Yeah. You know, they need to hear this song. And that did really well for us. That's like an outside of the box audience huh. that I'm targeting. That has nothing to do with country music, which is the genre that the artist is in mm-hmm. nothing to do with Mariah Carey, which is the song that he covered nothing to do with the lyric of the song, but everything to do with the reason behind the re the, why the artist did it. Yeah. And, And because that content was part of, because that story was in the content, I should say. Yeah. That works. You know what I mean? So then uh, we'll cover one more thing and we'll wrap it up. Like this festival for Denmark, how would you market that? Like just what audiences would you choose, right? So certainly songwriters is the Nashville Nights International Songwriting Festival. Mm -hmm. Indie artists and songwriters are going to be the target without a doubt. And then the specific artists, right? And mm-hmm. what genres, what subgenres are they in? And can we get in there? Are there song specific songwriters that are targeted, that are targetable, I should mm-hmm. say, on Facebook? Okay. And that's going to be a really hit and miss, going to be difficult unless they're also probably an artist yeah. too. But I, most of the European festivals have been canceled because mm-hmm. COVID. Right. Yeah. So right there, that's some ad copy stuff that we certainly used. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, hey, about, about all these festivals have been canceled, but we're still open for business. Yeah. So if you love to go to festivals, that's there. But even without the COVID thing, I started just clicking in festival mm-hmm. in the audience section and Facebook on the ads platform. And it starts spitting out like all these festivals, right? It'll do the search for you in Mm -hmm. terms of what's targetable on Facebook as an audience and what's not targetable. And so a festival pops up. What's that? Now, sometimes, and Facebook's weird. It's like, as a very, very broad generalization, if it's targetable, it's it's a bigger thing, right? Mm -hmm. But then 
sometimes you have the hugest thing on the planet that you know have as a huge audience and it's not targetable on Facebook. And sometimes the most niche random thing is targetable, you know, and, and I don't know how they determine that, but you know, sometimes the thing you want isn't there. And then there's these other things. So it pulls up all these festivals. So I'm going to go Google the festival. This is a European music festival. Awesome. Mm -hmm. That's in, you know, yeah. Because I, I want to target people that go to festivals yeah. too. That, that these are people that spend money that like to go to festivals and be in that experience. Why wouldn't I target that? Right. You know yeah. what I mean? So, in terms of you as an artist, I, you know, maybe you got a festival gig, one festival gig, mm-hmm. right, for the Wisconsin State Fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you're on the bill. Okay, well, here's how I'm going to target that, right? That, that's definitely going to be a component of that. Mm-hmm. What's the situation? So let's just kind of wrap it up. When you're using target audiences, we need to go more than just the genre. We need to go into the subgenres. Mm-hmm. And we need to go into the different artists, right? So you want to target the subgenre, and you also want to target the artists within that subgenre, okay? And remember that when we're talking about genres or subgenres we like to say the words you know who do you sound like but it's not about sonics that's the other big mistake i see artists make they're like well i don't know if i really sound like this person or that but no 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 and of course if you're fancy yourself as an artist you're never going to agree you're right that you sound like anybody but the question is who's going to show up at that party mm-hmm. right like what's the culture like of the audience and would that culture like you yeah okay so that's step one, but also it can be song title. It can be, it, it can be a, about what the, the lyric of the song is about in the ca- case of Haggard fan with the song title, mm-hmm. or in the case of, if you've got a, a country song about pickup truck, maybe I'm going to target some pickup truck owners. Mm-hmm. That's broader than the genre. Yeah. Right. That's broader than that, where they're, they're going to come on to it or Al and Bama. Yeah. You know, Hey, maybe this person never listens to country music and you're a country artist, but they're from Alabama and they're going to love it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because of the name of the song. That's right. Or, or the lyrical content. Sometimes it's about the intent. You can target based on the intent. As long as the intent is clear in the creative Right. And the piece of video content that you're pushing, like if it was just the music video that we're pushing, might not have gone the suicide route with Curtis Brawley. I might not have made that a targetable audience, but because we thought the story of why he did it was so compelling. And because we shot that and because that was part that preceded the music video, that made it relevant um, to that audience. That, that makes it relevant. Right. And, and made it very powerful. Yeah. Yeah, this is not the the genre of the original artist that cut it. It's not the genre of the artist that recut it. It's not anything to do. The, it's, that song's not about suicide. Yeah, but those words spoke to him, so it's just the intent, right? Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's a specific situation, like we did with Jacob Cater with this songwriting mm-hmm. festival, right? Where hey, we're opening for this person here, so we're definitely going to target like this person's audience, and then all the 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 bigger artists that orbit around that audience. And uh, these are festivals, and so I'm going to target all these festivals and use that as a target and then we can work from there right mm-hmm. so i just wanted to kind of just get you thinking about audiences differently you need to be promoting you need to be doing digital marketing with your promotion that's where your money is going to be best spent and when you do it on the ads platform as opposed to a boost and there's a difference you're going to get the data 
mm-hmm. on that, right? And then I think we'll do a show later on too, just about like uh, optimizing audiences and stuff. Yeah, that's like crazy, wicked, powerful. But be thinking about it that way, guys. There's lots of different things. Could be the lyric, could be the artist, could be the genre, could be the subgenre, could be the event, could be the intent mm-hmm. behind the song that the artist had. All these things factor in. It can make you creatively find places to connect people to that song. Mm. So, and it's not either or. It's yes and. Yes, exactly. It's yes and. And maybe like you have, if you've got a decent enough budget, you're gonna um, maybe test them separately. Yeah. Just to really see before you put them together in a big audience. Mm-hmm. And and that's some more digital marketing stuff we'll get into later. But let's just start with the audiences, guys. So anyway. That brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Join the Climb community. Make sure that you follow or subscribe to the podcast. Tell a friend about it. We're here to help. This podcast exists because we want you to win, so keep on climbing. And we'll see you in our news feed because you're going to show up there because we're going to love your music. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.